Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Every episode, Kathy and Ross send me a word. I try to pronounce that word. I may be wrong. I may be right. And then, well, sometimes we end up in some unexpected places. Joining us now, of course, are Kathy and Ross Petrus. Kathy, since we last talked, you've been a bit of a world traveler. Eastern Europe, was it? It was Central Europe, technically. We were uh, did, what, Prague, Salzburg, um, uh, Budapest, and Munich. And Vienna. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. And we, we, we ended up with like a little touch of Oktoberfest, but before the kids got there and got drunk. So it was fun. <laughs> Sort of did the calm part of Oktoberfest. <laughs> and Ross, I guess I talked to you pretty recently because we just had dinner in your uh, lovely city of Toronto and you learned that I'm a lot shorter than you thought I was. I thought I had pictured you for some reason like at 6'10". I have no idea why, but I did. We had an ex-editor who was, I guess, about 6'10", and I pictured you that way. I have no idea. But you're not 6'10". You're about my height, which is normal. But, but you know. Normal height. Yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm fine with everybody out there thinking I'm 6'10". That's okay. <laughs> You loom large, Fletcher, no matter what. <laughs> well, I have all the control over what gets cut and what gets put in. So. <laughs> well, uh, the word you guys gave me today uh, is spelled S-E-G-U-E, S-E-G-U-E. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe you're dropping me a little hint that as a podcast host, I need to get a little better at these sorts of things. Because uh, the word today is segue. And... I'm kind of just curious uh, why you brought this one. Well, first of all, this is really interesting. We thought this would not be included in our book, but we found many, many people mispronounce it. They pronounce it segu, including, shockingly enough, my brother-in-law, who has a degree in botany and is very well read. He said he confessed after reading the book that he always secretly pronounced it segu when he read it and never said it out loud because he was embarrassed. And this is apparently very, very common. So you're saying that he knew that the word was segue, but he would say it to himself, segue in his head? He would read it correctly. He would read the word correctly, meaning a you know, transition from, without interruption from something, from one activity to another. He knew what it meant and he would read it, but he would read it as segue. But he wasn't that confident about it. So he also would never say it out loud. He would just say, oh, well, I'm going to make a transition into the next thing. He would not say segue into the next thing. So he did not. So the point is, so he thought segue was a different word because I know I did. I'm using me now as an example as someone who I saw the word segue and I knew it meant the equivalent of segue, but I thought segue initially was a completely different word. And I pictured it in my head like the like the thing that was supposed to take over the world and move people around, but never did take over the world except for tour groups. Well, I mean, I was much younger. I was young and naive. I just want to stress that. <laughs> I learned. But no, I, I knew what the word segue meant, but I had no idea that the word spelled S-E-G-U-E was the word segue. I thought that was something completely different. I had no idea what it was, and I didn't pay attention. That's interesting. We have three different uh, sort of misinterpretations, two different misinterpretations of the word, two ways of misinterpreting. And then we have the two smart people, you and Fletcher, who knew what it was. So. <laughs> Well, to be fair, at some point I must have learned that this word was segue. I don't think had I just read it without someone telling me that I would have known that this was how you spell segue. 
um, or that that seeing this in print would have made me instantly think Segway. It's it doesn't it's not intuitive. Well, no, I mean, it's there are a lot of uh, GUE words, uh, fugue, vogue, ague. None of them have that, you know, way sort of thing. It's unusual for the uh, English to pronounce it that way. But I mean, it makes some sense because it comes from uh, the Italian. And then from there, it came into the English and the Italian has that ending. So it's it makes sense why it's uh, pronounced that way. But, you know, we're not all amateur etymologists. And we can't look at a word and go, hmm, that looks like it came from the Latin via the Italian into the French, into the English. We just have to look at the word and figure it out. Yeah, because it came from um, the Latin it came from is um, sequi, which does sound like segue. I mean, sequi, segue. It's not it's not far off at all. It's one of the ones actually that did not change much when it entered the English language. But it came into the Italian. And then it was, uh, didn't it go into the Italian first? Yeah, to segu- seguire, which actually sounds less like how we say it. I take the best thing is just look at it. What other, everyone else says pretty much it is, it is. And just leave it at that, I think, really. Because it's very difficult to figure out why it's pronounced as it is. Sure. it's. I mean, we can probably all accept that it just ought to be segue instead of, instead of some other pronunciation. What I, what I wonder is we've talked before about spelling English words more like how they sound, changing the spelling that we all accept to make it more like how it sounds. So is there something maybe to be said for a mass movement to change this to the way that that little vehicle is spelled, S-E-G-W-A-Y? Interestingly, in some cases you see that now. I mean, and, and it's it's not correct, quote, yet, unquote, but but you are seeing more and more people uh, writing it like online. You see it, for example, as Segway. I made a Segway. I mean, I, and it, it is incorrect. I've got to stress that it's not considered correct by any means. But I trend, tend to wonder if you're right too. If if it will slowly change because it's much it's much more intuitive when you see that you go oh, yeah Segway. Although I'm actually against changing spelling to sound like what it sounds like. For example, how do you make a plural in English? Just think of it for a second. How do you make a plural of uh, boy? There's really, there are three ways to make a plural. There's an S and there's a Z and then there's an E-Z. Boys, you don't say boys. Do we start spelling boys, B-O-Y-Z, to make it more, to make it more obvious what, how it's pronounced? I don't think we can. I think of an error. And that's why I tend to be against changing spellings that are time-worn and we already know them. If you're talking about changing spellings, though, then what happened back when they started adding letters into words to make them look more latin oh i think that's disastrous i mean like salmon comes to mind i mean do you say like oh boy some smoked salmon (laughs) if you do i'm disowning you (laughs) i think i think you're right but i mean let's just leave it at that right now as a kid i actually thought it was salmon i do remember that one and i remember being corrected and i remember wondering why do they have the l there we now know obviously it came from the latin the latin word i think for fish for the type of fish is salmo which and then they, and then it went into um, English without the L, and then they put it back in to make it look more correct or something. No, I maybe we should change it. I think at this point it's too late. It's in the language. What if you want to look backwards into finding out like something about salmon fishing in the 1920s? If we spell it S A M O N, you're going to have problems looking it up. But there's something to be said for ease in spelling, for streamlining. We're talking right, right now. We're talking about all those Latin, the words that were Latinized, right? That when they added something, receipt, debt, got a B, doubt, got a B, receipt, got a P. If I saw the word spelled receipt, now I'm saying R E C E E T, 
I would certainly know what it meant. I, I think. I mean, I, I think so. And I think that over time, we we learn that, that that's the way to do it. But we'd still know that receipt spelled with a P, which looks ridiculous. And there's no reason for that P. Right? Well, here's where I have a problem. Languages really change. I mean, you're right about that's how we pronounce receipt now. We don't have a P in it. But languages really change. Pronunciation really changes. So, for example, I mean, you know, if you listen to a 1940s broadcast, you're going to hear words that sound very different than how we pronounce them today. In upstate New York, I was reading an article recently. They're starting to pronounce uh, a lot of like there's like a new sound, like uh, I'm trying to think of New York or something like that instead of New York. There'll be a mu. Like N-Y-O-O. Or N-Y, yeah. And that's a different, so then do we change their spelling to, to, to reflect how they're no, pronouncing it? I'm just it? talking about receipt, because I'm talking about the words that got Latinized and got these like little letters chucked in there that aren't necessary, like receipt, debt, doubt, salmon, solder, um, indict. Oh, indict. That's what I thought it was, indict as a kid. I remember that one distinctly. They indicted him. I didn't know whether it was not bad, though, whatever. Phlegm. Well, phlegm, though, was, wasn't added. Phlegm, the G, was, like, legitimate. Phlegm is another word, like, segue for me, though. As a kid, I had no idea that P-H-L-E-G-M was phlegm. No. It just didn't It didn't connect. Phlegm was F-L-E-M, <laughs> and that word was phlegm. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it meant, but it was phlegm. I agree. A lot of those Latinate words, I mean, a lot of them, as Kathy is pointing out, were done, basically, they were not written with those Bs and Ps. They were done, it was done, it was added after in the 1600s, usually, when they wanted to try to make the word look more Latin. On that level, my favorite annoying word is, do you guys know the bird, the ptarmigan? You ever heard of it? Yeah. The ptarmigan has a P at the beginning of it. It was written in English for years as ptarmigan, T-A-R, whatever, M-I-G-A-N. But in the 17, I think the 16 or 1700s, it, they wanted to make it look classier. And the Greek word, ancient Greek word for um, wing is like pterary, like pterodactyl, P-T. So they chuck the P in front of the T in ptarmigan to make it look sort of Greek, ancient Greek, just for pure classiness, which is stupid. I agree, but it's there now. They did that with asthma, too. Asthma was A-S-M-A, and they made it, they wanted to make it look more Greek. They Greekified it and made it look like asthma. Well, yeah, they Greekify and Latinize things all over the place. But the problem is, are we going to, like, go through the entire language? I mean, I think English is something like 23% Latinate words or more. Are we going to basically go through all of that and change it? We can't. It's too much work. George Bernard Shaw tried to. It never took off. <laughs> I, I do wonder, though, segue... It's not a unique case, but it is enough of a special case that I, I don't think there there are very many people at all who are going to see it and and recognize it as segue without somehow learning it from an outside source. Um, so I guess Ross, at what point would you be okay with people spelling it S E G W A Y? Just given how uh, unusual it is uh, for people to see and pronounce correctly. I guess I'm sort of a Democrat with this sort of thing. I think if people, I don't have any objection to people starting to do it. I just don't like a top-down reform, like we're going to all spell it this way. I think it's fine if it sort of gradually merges into S-E-G-W-A-Y. I have no problem with that. Although there might be a trademark problem with the... Um... Mall cop. That's all you have to think. <laughs> <laughs> 
We do run into a, a little bit of a problem. You mentioned earlier, Ross, um, and this is this is a lot like when we talked about the O-U-G-H combination of letters. This G-U-E can be pronounced in a number of different ways, which makes this even more problematic. Like, like Obviously, we've got Segway. You mentioned Fugue. There's Argue. There's even Meringue. And I, I know these don't all necessarily come from the same root, but they they do cause us problems when we just look at them and we're supposed to know how to pronounce them, uh, despite the fact that that this letter combination offers so many different pronunciations. That's true. Well, a lot of it is the country they, they came from initially, because the French GUEs tend just to be like Vogue or Fugue. You don't you don't pronounce it with the way. No, but the, I mean, the, GU, the GUE ending in, in general is sort of a pain, though. But no, it's interesting. We have argue, vague, rogue, vogue, segue, fugue. So there, there is a, I mean, there's a, you have the U, the completely unsounded UE, and then we have uh, segue, which is the sounded one. I, I'm just looking right now. I can't, I can't see any other GUE that ends in a. That's what I was just going to ask you. Is there another GUE that, that's pronounced like segue? Or is it, you see, what I'm saying is that most of the GUEs come from the French, thus the, just the not way. Or, but we don't have anything else in the English language. There's got to be. That's a GUE ending that's pronounced way. Togue, you... rogue, catalog, colleague, um, dengue fever. How do you pronounce dengue fever? It's some sort of tropical disease. I just thought of it. Okay, good. I don't, but I don't know how it's pronounced. I I, I thought it was dengue. I think you're right. I've seen I think that. So, yeah. I was. I think I was when I was overseas. I was uh, inoculated for it, so I should know, but I don't. <laughs> Could you hold on one second? I'm going to get a pronunciation guide here. I got it. It's dengue. Gee. Dengue. Dengue. Okay. Okay. So that's an interesting one. What's the derivation of the word? It's interesting. It comes from the Kiswahili dinga. And then it entered into West Indian Spanish and then Spanish. Spanish. Interesting. I would have I would have thought somehow it would have been the French colonizing um, Africa. That, yeah, that would have... ditto. But now how did it become dengue from the Spanish? How did it, was it pronounced in Spanish? That's what I'm going to, because I don't really, can't really think of many things with an E that were pronounced like, like a long E in Spanish. Here we go. The West Indians, uh, apparently with the, you know, with the Swahili slaves, heard that and they was partially influenced by the Spanish word which I don't know fastidiousness which is dengue that's I mean I'm, that's my little book saying this let's um... you mean you didn't have that at the top of your brain <laughs> <laughs> and it comes from roughly around 1828 the Swahili word dinga may possibly have its Whoa, wait a minute now they're saying it's reversed the Swahili word dinga may have its origin in the Spanish word dengue so Swahili could have picked it up from Spanish Whereas the Spanish saw people acting exceptionally careful because the pain of the fever made them move very deliberately, deliberately okay, and fastidiously. No, my question then is, how did we end up, whether it came from the Swahili or the Spanish, how did we end up with something that looks rather French, the spelling, D-E-N-G-U-E? Why wouldn't it be D-I-N-G-E-E or D-I-N-G-E or D-I-N-G-I-E or something? Whence the spelling? Whence the spelling? This is what I need to know now. I don't know. And I'm going to like make this into a nice little, uh, there are always five different reasons why it happened. And we never really will know. And in this one, I think we won't. However, Kathy, you know Spanish, so maybe you can figure it out for the next time. 
I can order food in Spanish, but I don't usually <laughs> chat about fever. <laughs> Language is cool. I'm glad you say that because that's what I think so many people don't realize. It's fascinating, and you really get insights into culture and history. Uh, language like language embodies the human experience and there, there's just so much there there's so much use like we just did here we started out with segue which was nice and simple and look where we are we're we're in like africa like looking at people with aching heads i mean aching shoulders you know i mean who'd, who'd think who'd have thunk as they say colloquially <laughs> <laughs> in dengue <laughs> dinga I'm sure you got it right with, with, with one of those there. Thank you. That's the other that's the other way to handle things. Is toss them all out there and someone will pick the right one. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, with help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. You can check out special artwork for this episode and for every episode designed by Jordan Kirtley at KMUW.org. And if you like this, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross Petrus's new book, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, at your local independent bookstore. Kathy and Ross have written a lot more, and they've always got something going on. You can check out their other work through their website, knrpetrus.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Oh, and a couple more things. First, just something kind of fun. Speaking of dengue fever, I feel like I should point out that there's this really interesting musical group out of Los Angeles that calls themselves dengue fever. They're sort of a throwback to 1960s and 70s psychedelic music that came out of Cambodia. Here, take a listen. That was just sort of a plug for something I like, but here's something else entirely. I was reading up a little bit on Dean Kamen, the guy who invented the Segway, the transportation machine, and it turns out that apparently he also invented a device that uses compressed air to shoot police department SWAT team members onto the tops of otherwise inaccessible buildings, like a human cannonball. Which, first of all, seems like a strangely specific invention. Also, how did I not know about this? I can't find any video or anything, but if you know something about this or you know where I can watch it in action, please send it to me. I need this. Okay, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.